Good morning, church. Hope you're all well. Hope you can see me and hear me. Are we all okay? Yeah, I think we're ready. So welcome to our first online service here at Freedom Church Chester. It's great to be with you and to bring the word to you from our house uh, this mode, uh, this morning. Um, and just a warm welcome as well to all the mums, uh, all the grandmas, all the great-grands, all the gangans and grands and nanas, um, just on this special Mother's Day for you as well. So a warm welcome to you all. As most of you are aware, um, after having guidelines about avoiding large social gatherings, we will be meeting online for the foreseeable future. Uh, I've just got a couple of notices for you with regard to that. Um, so first of all, people have been asking about community groups. Community groups are still going to carry on. I'm just closing the background on my computer, sorry. Uh, are still going to meet um, but the plan is that we're going to do this online using a piece of software called Zoom. And your community group leaders will be in touch with you soon about this and how to access it as well. Um, all our other social gatherings at the moment, so with regard to Noah's Ark, um, they are not going to meet together physically in person at the moment, just while we adhere to the guidelines. Uh, but there are plans in place to do those, as I said before, online as well. Um, just to also give you an update that Keith and Rachel uh, came back safely, so they're now back in UK soil. Um, so pray for them for rest, for recovery from their flight and their travels, uh, and a real blessing to have them back with us as well. So before we start our, our, our word this morning, we'll just take some time to just pray and prepare our hearts. Lord God, we just thank you, Father, that you are a good God. Lord, that we love you. And that we can come to your word this morning, expectant, excited, knowing that you love us and that you care for us. Father, just as we, in our houses now, as we meet as families, as friends together, just speak to us, Lord Jesus. Reveal your truth in our hearts because it's all about you, Jesus. It's all about what you have done on that cross and made the way for us, Father. We love you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Uh, so as a church, we've been studying the Book of Acts over a number of months. Uh, and as a leadership team here, we decided that we would take a short break from the Book of Acts and just spend some time uh, visiting our vision and values as a church. And we were aware that we'd not done that for quite a while. So we just wanted to get across to you uh, and spend some time, a series, uh, imparting what our vision and values are as a church to the congregation. Um, and the purpose of this, as I said, was to just remind ourselves of what is in the DNA of our church at Freedom Church Chester. What do we believe? What are our values? What is important to us as a church? And last week, Matt spoke on our value of generosity, so giving, and the week before that, Dave spoke on being creative, how we can be creative as a church and glorify Jesus, which is the most important thing. That's why we meet as a church, to bring glory to his name. And so this week, we're going to be exploring our next value uh, and one that's very fitting, given the current situation that we're facing as a globe uh, and as a nation. And the value that we're going to be exploring today is how to be an outward looking church with compassion. Being an outward looking church with compassion. More importantly, how 
we can be an outward looking church with compassion in the midst of what we're seeing at the moment. Pandemics, wars, earthquakes. How Freedom Church Chester can be outward looking in these times. And the first thing we need to do before we focus on being an outward looking church is to focus on ourselves just for a couple of minutes. You see, before we can be an effective outward looking church, we need to be a church rooted in Christ. We need to be a church with foundation, a people based in Jesus Christ, the sustainer of life. And what do I mean by this? Well, as the news gathers, as we read more and more, as we see the stats being released, as we hear of more infections, of wars, as we see more and more about this virus, the coronavirus that's going around, it's easy to become fearful. It's easy to see all the news and become worried and afraid and fearful. And why? Well, it rocks our comfort zone. We're not used to hearing about having to isolate ourselves. This is new. We're not used to seeing shortages of food in the shops on this scale. Widespread panic. We haven't experienced for decades schools, businesses closing, shutting the doors, not being allowed to go to places. This is new for us as a nation. And fear is an expected result of this. However, it's not something that we should be dwelling on. When we start to feel fear in the midst of what we're facing, we need to remind ourselves of God's word and truth in such times. And so we're just going to spend a little bit of time just reminding ourselves what does truth tell us in these situations? In an ever-changing world, what does God's word, which is eternal and everlasting, tell us? And what does it say? Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, be thanksgiving and present your requests to God. And the peace of God will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. That's encouraging. John 14 says to us, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in me. Trust in God. We need to be reminding ourselves of these things daily. In the midst of everything that's going on, we're rooted in what the word tells us, what our father tells us. Psalm 9, 9 to 10 says, the Lord is a stronghold in times of trouble. Do you see the pattern we're painting here? Don't be anxious. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in him. The Lord is our stronghold in times of trouble. This is encouraging. Isaiah 26, 3 to 4. Trust in the Lord forever, for in him you have an everlasting rock. An everlasting rock. The bread. This is our bread and butter. This is what we need to be feeding ourselves every day in the midst of what we're seeing. These truths we need to be imparting, feeding, guiding our lives each and every day. 
Psalm tells us God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in times of trouble. He's there and he cares. He knows, he can see. And what we feed ourselves at this time is of vital importance. It's so easy to turn on the news, to hear the conversations that people are having, to see people walking around afraid and feel like Peter in Matthew 14, where he saw the waves and he became afraid. If you just turn your Bibles to Matthew 14, verses 28 to 33. Matthew 14, 28 to 33. So the context here, Jesus has walked on the water and he's beckoned Peter to him. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, O oh, you of little faith, why, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. And you know, we might be feeling like that now. We might be feeling like we're sinking. The waves around us, the craziness of life is around us. But just remind yourselves, Trust in the Lord forever. He is our rock, our everlasting rock. Don't be anxious. The Lord is our stronghold in times of trouble. And you see, the enemy plays on this. He wants to shift our gaze from our rock, our refuge, to the worries around us. Because what happens when we do? Fear grows a self-preservation, a selfishness. We start to worry about ourselves, just about ourselves. I was in uh, Tesco this week, as most of you probably uh, have experienced, and the queues were massive. Um, there was nothing on the shelves. Um, and I was stood in a long, long queue. And there was a lady in front of me on her, on her phone. And as I was, as I was uh, waiting uh, to just pay for my shopping, there was a lady on the phone in front of me and she said, I just stood there listening and she said to whoever was on the phone, I'm okay, I've got my food. I'm not bothered about anybody else now, we're okay. And my heart broke. That fear had grown in her heart, that self-preservation, that selfishness. We think about Peter when he denied Christ, he was worried about the impact it would have on him. I don't know him. A fear of self-preservation. But don't let the enemy steal your peace. Scripture tells us, 2 Timothy 1, God has not given us a spirit of fear. We're not to be afraid. Our Father knows and cares for us. You see, when we know that he is our rock, when we meditate that he is our salvation, when we dwell on the fact that he is our hope, our only hope, 
we become a fearless church in these situations. Fearless church. That's the church that we want to be. A church that loves Jesus, has our gaze upon him and is fearless in the, in, in the face of anything that might happen. And with this truth rooted in our hearts, we can then change our perspective. You see, our focus doesn't then solely become on just us, about on our self-preservation, but we can begin to look around at those around us. And this is the first step in how we become an outward-looking church. Our focus isn't on the things around us, but on him. We are his children, formed by him. He knows us, cares for us, looks over us, like a true father. Does this mean that everything is going to be easy? No. Does this mean that everything's going to go how we want? No. Does this promise us a simple life? Turn on the news? No. But when we know our truth, when we know the father, we know that the joy of the Lord is our strength in these times because he never leaves us or forsakes us. Amen. In times of uncertainty, in times of worry, I often like to remind myself of those who have run the race before us. It's really encouraging to see how people have handled similar situations and we can learn a lot from their lives and how they have handled things. And this week I did a bit of research on how churches and how Christians had responded to threats similar to those faced today how they'd responded to uncertainty and wars and famine and plagues. And there was a common theme throughout all of the stories and examples that I read. Just share with you a couple of examples. In 249 AD, there was a lethal pandemic and at its peak, 5,000 people died. Now bear in mind that the population would have been less than, that was a huge proportion and percentage of the population. In the 14th century, the Black Death ravaged Europe and in five years, nearly 50% of the population were killed. In AD 251, a plague tore through the empire and it got that bad that whole towns in Italy were abandoned. And this makes for sobering reading, doesn't it? But we're not to be afraid. And when you look into these examples... There was one common theme throughout all of this, and that was the church's response in all of these situations. In every war, in every pandemic, in every time of uncertainty, the church is at the forefront. They were feeding the sick, caring for the widows, loving their communities, even for some of them in the face of death. And why? What drove them to love so selflessly? They loved Jesus. They had experienced freedom at the foot of the cross. When you look and read the diary extracts, the, the markings, the observations of people at the time, how they talk about Christians is that they served with a phenomenal joy. They loved people selflessly in these times. And what stuck out to me as a community group where we've been reading the book of Romans and exploring the book of Romans. And, and there was a passage in Romans 3 uh, when we last met, uh, Romans 3, 24, that says we are justified by his grace 
as a gift. We are justified by his grace as a gift. And the early church knew, these churches, these people knew that they'd received the ultimate gift of salvation. So freely given on the cross that they couldn't help but share the love and the freedom that they had experienced with those around them. The words of Bishop Cyprian during one plague ring true. These times examine our hearts and minds. They examine the hearts and minds of the human race. And what is in our hearts? Are we living for the flesh? Are we looking for self-preservation? Are we looking just for ourselves? Or are we thinking in the way of Jesus? Are we looking to lock ourselves away behind our windows, away from people? Or are we standing, looking out at opportunities to see who we can help and serve? If we were to examine our own hearts and minds in these times, what would they say? What would they say? The words of Matthew 25 come to mind. I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was sick and you visited me. Just think in the last 20 years, we have faced a range of different events, a recession, a global economic crisis, austerity, pandemics. And I can't help but think and look that our children's children will look back at this time and say, what did the church do? What did the church do? And you know, we can look at it one of two ways. We can look and go, oh no, it's terrible. Or actually, we can look at it through the eyes of Jesus, the love that he shared for people and see it as an opportunity. Actually, lots of bad things are happening, but what an opportunity we have. What an opportunity we have to show Jesus in difficult times. What an opportunity we have to show love as a church, as a body, to care for those around us. If there's ever been a greater need, now is the time. What an opportunity we have. What an opportunity we have as a church to be countercultural, to love unconditionally, to serve faithfully those around us. I was really encouraged the day after Boris mentioned about self-isolation for the vulnerable, that through my door, I got a leaflet from three churches that are clubbed together, offering anybody help, whether it's shopping, a phone call, mowing lawns. I was so encouraged. That's an outward-looking church that's compassionate for the people around them. So what can we do? At this time, how can we serve our communities? The first thing, and it might seem obvious, and how we can be compassionate and outward looking, is obey the guidance that we're given. It might seem strange. I don't know if you saw this week on the news, they'd done a, uh, in America, they'd done a, um, almost like a documentary of some students who were going on spring break and um, they were just living life normally. Uh, going out, partying, in pubs and clubs, um, 
not really paying attention. And the interviewer went to them and said, why aren't, why aren't you isolating? Why aren't you staying away from people? Why aren't you thinking about the guidance that's been given? And, and this guy said, um, oh, it doesn't matter to me. It doesn't really affect the young people. We're okay. That's selfishness. And actually, by avoiding social situations, it is difficult. We're social beings. But actually, we're doing it for those who are vulnerable in our society. We're doing it for those people who it will affect. And actually, a way that we can love people is to follow the guidance that we're given. Lovingly. Because we're doing it with compassion for those people who it will have a massive impact for. We're thinking about the vulnerable. We're caring for those in need. Is it difficult? Yeah. Does it require a sacrifice on our parts? Yes. But we're called to be outward looking with compassion for those. And at the moment, there are people out there who this will have massive impact for. Health-wise. Eternity-wise. And our job here is to be outward looking in this area. So my first piece of advice would be, let's follow as a church, let's set the example in following the advice that we're given. Second thing, let's look for opportunities to be compassionate. And, and as I was talking to somebody today, um, sorry, this week, how can we be compassionate? How can we be outward looking when we're, let's say, for example, isolated. We've had to self-isolate to protect our health or, or those of others. There are many ways that we can serve and be outward looking with compassion in our communities. First, pray. Let's pray for those people. Let's pray for Boris Johnson. Let's pray for our NHS workers who are risking their lives. Let's pray for our key workers. Let's pray for our schools. Let's pray for the lonely who feel isolated. Let's get on our knees and pray. Let's be a church who pray at this time. Prayer changes things. And we're called to be a people who pray. So let's be praying people. If you're stuck indoors, if you can't get out at the moment, pray. Pray for those around us. Let's be compassionate. Other ways that you can help and be compassionate. Ring people. Text them. Call them. Check people are okay. At this time, we're going to be isolated. We're not going to meet as a body physically. But we can still check up on one another. Check we're okay. Call one another. Support one another. Love one another. In the best ways that we can. If we're not in isolation, if, we, if we're able to get out a little bit and do our shopping and various other things, there are many ways that we can be outward looking with compassion at this time. Post letters through the neighbour's door. How can I help? If you need anything, just come and let me know. Ask people if they need anything. Pick up some extras when you're shopping or if you get your shopping delivered to give to other people. Model Christ to people in our actions. I met with my grandparents. I've got two elderly grandparents. One's 90. Both, well, both are in the 90s. Um, and as I was just talking to him, um, he was so encouraged. He said, I've never had more people at this moment. I check them okay. I've had neighbours who I don't know 
coming to me and asking if I'm okay. I've had random baskets left on my porch of food. And if this is what the world is doing, guys, we're called to do this with love, with an extravagant love at this time. We're called to go and love people. And if the world is doing it, we need to step up. We need to step up and love people. If you've got children, how can we encourage our children to be outward looking? They don't need to know all the facts. It'll scare them. They don't need to know all the rumours of things that are happening at the moment. But actually, we can teach our children still to be outward looking with compassion. How can we do it? Teach them to pray for other people. Pray for those people working in hospitals. Pray for those people around us who need, who are feeling lonely. Why not get them to write a letter? to people in a care home and drop it off. Ask them to write a note just to say to the elderly, we're thinking of you at this time and praying for you. What a witness that is to those people who might not see people apart from the care workers, 12 weeks, maybe longer. Let's teach our children to be outward looking at this time with compassion for those around us. Another way that we can be outward looking is to encourage. 1 Thessalonians tells us to encourage, it extols us to encourage one another, to encourage those around us. Let's be an encouraging people. When one of us is feeling low or lonely, let's encourage. When we see workers around, or we know somebody who works as a nurse or a doctor or various other sectors, Encourage them. I, uh, this week, as I was uh, finishing work, there was two policemen outside um, the shop that I'd popped to. And I thought, I'm going to practice what I preach here. and I'm going to go over to them. And as I approached them, I think they were a little bit, what's he going to say? Uh, and I just went to them and just said, I just want to say, you're both doing a really good job. I'm from a local church and I just want to say, you're doing a great job. I really appreciate it. And they didn't really know what to say. But we're called church to be encouragers so let's encourage encourage one another encourage those around us what's really encouraging is that in the midst of crisis in the midst of uncertainty in the midst of when terrible things happen in the midst of hardships when fearless christians demonstrate a supernatural love and compassion the church grows it grows. If you just turn, uh, open your Bibles, Matthew 5, verses 14. Matthew 5, verse 14. Matthew 5, 14. I was just reminded as I was preparing of this scripture, and I think it's really fitting at this particular time. Matthew 5, 14. You are, we are, the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. And it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. When we're doing this, when we're showing compassion, when we're being outward looking, 
We're not doing it to simply be good people. That phrase there in that scripture is key. So that they may see your good works and give glory to your father who is in heaven. By doing this, by being outward looking, by being compassionate, we're glorifying Jesus. And that's why we're here. We're here to glorify God in everything. Let's see it as a privilege, church, to go out, to minister, to care for people, to love them, because it brings glory to our Father. We're glorifying him. He came and fed the sick. He came and looked after the lost. Let's do this. We're not fearful. If our God is for us, who can be against us? If our God is for us, who can be against us? And if you don't know Jesus, if you are feeling worried and you're watching this at this time, I would really encourage you, if you're feeling hopeless, that God is your hope. When you're feeling worried, the Lord is your strength. When you're feeling like you're sinking and there is no hope, the words of Jesus, come to me, take my hand, O ye of little faith. All you have to do is call out and pray, Jesus, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Father, forgive me. I'm sorry for the things I've done wrong. Wash me new and come into my life. And if you pray that prayer, we'd love to hear from you. Just message us as a church. And we'd love to take you further on your, on your beginning your walk of loving Jesus and, and, and Christianity. Just to say, as our groups meet this week, I'd really encourage you to share with each other, although we're doing it online, to share with each other where you've loved and been outward looking, whether you've popped something around to your neighbour. Let's encourage one another. Let's glorify Jesus together in this time. And remember, if we have nothing to give, if we don't have lots of money, if we don't have many skills or we feel that we don't, we have the ultimate gift, as Paul said, a gift that has been freely given that we can share with those around us. The world is desperate now for Christians to stand up, for churches to stand up and make a difference. Let's run into this. Let's love people. Let's show Jesus to our communities for God's glory, to further God's kingdom and to love those who need loving in our communities. Glory to God. Amen.